Welcome back, everybody. We got a fun one for you today. We're not going to talk about the coronavirus, Scott. I am actually very excited about this. We are going to talk a little bit about some of our favorite moments with the the student athlete. You know, they are kind of dealing with some stuff to say (laughs) on college campuses right now. And we want to kind of lighten the mood a little bit and have a little bit of fun with everybody and, and, and talk about, you know, some of the, the fun, maybe not so fun, but just, uh, let's say interesting interactions we've had with student athletes over the years. And Scott, do you want to start or should I, should I start off with my favorite story? (laughs) You can start off with your favorite one now that you've hyped it up a little bit, but I mean, yeah, we just, we want to cover something a little different and and interesting. I think it's the right word because even when they're not good interactions with student athletes, they're always unique, and that's that's what makes our job um, one of the things that makes it anyway less uh, less boring than some other jobs. So yeah, I think I think you've got a good selection of, of good and bad. So let's hear your favorite. So yeah, this one and and I kind of told Scott about this a couple of days ago, and when we were talking about what we wanted to to cover on on this week's podcast and. I just, for some reason, this one's always stuck with me. It's been one of my favorite moments. And uh, a lot of you other equipment managers out there are going to be able to relate to this more than uh, more than you know. But it was, uh, you know, just one day post-practice. I'm not going to name anybody's name, but I was at, I was at Richmond. We'll just say that. Um, and I'm back on my computer replying to emails. And, I mean, everybody knows how it is when you're out of practice. Chances are that's when everybody wants to get in touch with you. So you get back and got to reply to some emails. So I was sitting at my desk. My assistant was next to me at his desk and player comes in and just looks at me and just says, Tau. <laughs> to which I turned and looked at him and said, heat press. <laughs> and he gets this confused look on his face and was like, uh, Tau. And I was like, lamp. He's like, man, Tao. And I was like, listen, we can sit here and name inanimate objects all day, or you can ask me a question. One way or the other, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're not going to get anywhere. And he was like, can I please have a towel? And I was like, oh, yes, of, of course you could have a towel. Thank you so much for asking. Why didn't you say that earlier? And like, got up, ran over, grabbed him a towel. And the whole time, my assistant's sitting there, like for the first couple, he's sitting there shaking his head. He's just like, man, this guy doesn't get it. Like, he doesn't see it. He doesn't understand what Pat's doing. And eventually, like, he's, like, almost on the floor laughing. And then when I get up and the guy, you know, the, the player, as soon as I'm like, yeah, of course. He just looks at me. He's like, man, why you got to be like that? And I was like, why, why do you have to come in saying towel? Like, are you going to go into a job interview and say job? Like, that's not how this works. Like, you, there can be normal communication. There's. There's a there's a line that you tend to not want to cross when it comes to what you'll deal with when it uh, from we won't even say rude it's just sometimes tired not thinking about it just uh, lazy if you want to call it that in the lazy moment. interactions it's just I get it dude you just came off the practice field you're tired you probably got a six page paper and mandatory you know bed check later and you're how am I going to get all this in whatever dude I get it but. Part of what we're doing is, you know, we're trying to help, just like coaches, prepare these kids for the next step. You're not going to do that in a job interview. You know, no, you're, you're not, not going to do that in life in general. You're not going to walk into a restaurant and say food. No, I mean that's it. Preparing them to be an adult, 
trying to help molds into adults and, and good members of society. And it's like, well, there's things that in the customer service industry, which some equipment managers might not like to hear that, but we work in customer service and it's, it's, that's not acceptable. You don't treat customer service people that way. So yeah, I think it's totally warranted to say key press. Yeah, I just because it was I was looking at him and the, like directly behind him, I saw a heat press, and then there's a lamp right beside our heat press. So those are the first two things I saw. But I, that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I uh, you I know can, you, so I can yeah. imagine exactly uh, how that went down. You know, you just got to sometimes laugh at yourself, and if that can't, if that kid can't laugh at that, then he's going to have a lot more problems later on. No, I will say this: that 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 player, <laughs> that student athlete, was legitimately one of my favorite players on the team. I love that kid to death. We had so much fun because he would come and hang out in the equipment room all the time just to to come in and, and talk to us and be around us and um you know came in looking for advice during during you know certain times of the year and, and wanting to just be part of of everything as a whole in terms of what what it meant to be a football player at, at Richmond. So I'm not saying anything bad about him other than the fact that he came in one day. And like you said, it was most likely he was just tired, exhausted from from a hard practice, but coming in just towel, heat press. Like, what? What do you, what do you want? Would you like to ask me a question? Are you asking for something? Because I'd be more than willing to help you if you ask for something. But otherwise, you're not getting anywhere. Yeah, I think those are those are the funny ones that things that you remember where the best stories always happen with coaches or athletes. Um, I think for me, a good one. That's a little uh, different, I guess, but (laughs) we were, uh, so for a little backstory, when I'm a a manager, a head guy, and I've got a bunch of student managers under me, if there's ever a situation where they can't go home for like a holiday or something, Thanksgiving was this one, I try to invite those students over to my house and it's, it's a lot of work on my wife, and this year it was in question. It was a lot of work on my wife and her family because her family was up visiting us, and they spent the whole morning getting Thanksgiving dinner ready. They ended up, uh, I brought some tables, some folding tables home from work. They set those up, tablecloths, decorated the house for Thanksgiving dinner. It was great. We had practice that morning, came over, everything was ready to go, and uh, food was ready. And we sat down, my entire staff, with my in-laws and my wife, and we had (laughs) Thanksgiving dinner. So to mark the occasion, took some pictures out on my front balcony. Well, we took staff pictures out there, whatever. They got posted on social media. A few months later, I get a text. I think it was actually like a Twitter DM from from my punter on the football team. And he said, hey, uh, me and um, the long snapper are going to walk over to your house. I'm like, huh there's no Funny. way he's got to live. Yeah, good one. And, I was, and he goes, yep, uh, when we get there, just, you know, have us some food or something. And I was like, yeah, okay, gotcha. Just not knowing what game this is. Just, he's a weird kid. He's from Australia, so he's a little he's a little different. And uh, about 20 minutes later, I get a, a, my doorbell rings. And I'm like, I look at my wife, I'm like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I go downstairs, and I open the door, and it's not like, Hey, found you. Hey, how's it going? I open the door and they just walk in, walk in, go straight up the stairs. I live in a town home. So, you know, the bottom level is just pretty much a garage. So they just immediately walk upstairs and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So we come in and, and my wife's a little shocked to say the least. <laughs> and 
you don't know what to do at this point. You don't want to be rude and just kick them out. So I think we ended up sitting there like we listened. I put a record on and I was like, what, how did you find? And it's from the pictures. We took pictures. Uh, they recognized the backdrop. It's like a street that goes through everything. And they just walked up into my neighborhood and used the picture as a reference. And we're like, that's probably his. And just got lucky with what doorbell, the first doorbell they rang. I answered the door. I mean, props to them for figuring it out. That's actually kind of smart. I'm not going to lie. It is, but I'm. Uh, it's one of those. Where but I'll tell you this: you were a lot nicer because if I had two or three players show up at my doorstep one day, I just said, "Get <laughs> the heck out of here," and it would not have been that word choice. There's, believe me, we've all we all know this. There's plenty of players I would have, uh, but that's where this. <laughs> these, but they're specialists. These, they're a different breed, man. Specialists and Pat McAfee specialists. They're. Uh, they're a different breed. They're they're beep. they march the beat of their own drum. But these guys were always in the. They were some of the ones that you have a lot of meaningful experiences with. They're coming in. They're they're specialists, especially because they don't really have long meetings. So a lot of times they just got to hang around the facility. So they'll come, stop in the train room, shooting shit. They'll stop into the equipment room and stuff. And these guys would tell you, you know, what's going on in their lives, what are the problems, where you know what's going on that's good. They want to get advice on stuff so they were they were a couple of the good ones that were always in the equipment room i know a lot of guys on the team were kind of like they probably get more gear than us because they're just they're friends of the equipment guys they're just trying to get gear but it was a lot more than that and, and they just felt comfortable enough that they could just show up at my house one night and as they left that was very nice when they came in and then when they left i told them to never come to my house again <laughs> sounds about right i mean i probably would have been similar similar situation like just so you know if you ever show up again I'm going to call the cops on you. <laughs> I'm calling the head coach. Yeah, for for what? I don't know. I'll make something up. I don't care. Don't show up in my house, please, ever. Yep. Weird Tuesday night. Yeah. Well, I, I I think I have one that I've already kind of talked about uh, in in the past, maybe on a previous episode. But this one has always stuck with me because I thought I was going to lose my job uh, because because of this interaction. But it was uh, our one of our. Our quarterbacks at Cincinnati, Jordan Lou Allen. He was like right when the Carbon Tech shoulder pad had come out. We were we were testing it at at Cincinnati, and we had both of our quarterbacks were hurt. And I think like every single quarterback we had on roster at that point was hurt. And this guy was more of a runner. We put him in for you know heavy packages where he could either tuck the ball or hand it off or whatever it may be. But um, he had a like. He had a banged up shoulder. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he had a pretty banged up shoulder. And we're out there for pregame drills. We're probably, I don't know, five, ten minutes from like actual kickoff. And he comes up to me and hands me his helmet. And he goes, I need you to take my helmet and hit me in my shoulder as hard as you can. And I kind of just looked at him. Uh, I'm not I'm not doing that. <laughs> no. No. And he was like, he was like, Pat, I cannot play until I know whether or not I can take a hit in these pads. So if you don't hit me right now, I'm not playing. And I was like, again, I'd, I'd rather not lose my job today. Um, over here. Can someone get me an adult? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea. And he was like, fine, I guess I'm not playing. Then I was like, oh my God. All right, hold on. And so. I take take a sound and I'm it, this isn't I didn't and just to clarify I did not hit him as hard as I could because <laughs> I was terrified of hurting this guy not because I'm strong but because he was already injured and 
these like like I said, we were testing these shoulder pads, so like we we knew that initially the the first round of tests went well, and it was a good shoulder pad. I mean, uh, Carbon Tech shoulder pad was a great shoulder pad. I you love know, that. Like, I had so many guys wear it that you know told me that a lot of the impacts they felt were half uh you know what they would wear or what they felt with other shoulder pads, and that you know it it dispersed a lot of energy. So eventually, you know, I rear back, pull this. I'm standing here with this helmet like over my head, and bring it down on his shoulder. And as soon as I do that, because I had looked around to make sure nobody was looking, as soon as I do that, lo and behold, here comes Blake, my boss, like, <laughs> just walking out on the field. And immediately, somehow, his eyes are right on me, swinging my swinging one of our helmets and hitting a player in the shoulder. And he comes sprinting over because hit this guy hit Jordan. He goes, Oh, cool. You know, like shakes his shoulders a little bit, does a little shrug. He's like, dude, it felt great. Thanks. Takes his helmet, walks away. Blake's sprinting over. What the hell was that? And I was like, uh, um, Jordan, uh, Jordan said he wouldn't play unless I hit him, um, in the shoulder. And he was like, don't ever do anything like that ever again. And I was like, he said he wouldn't play. I don't know what you want me to do. I was like, I, it, you weren't here, Dad. Like, yeah, I was like, uh, uh, I don't. Where were what, you? What, what, <laughs> Your fault. <laughs> like, the worst I've ever stuttered in my life. Like, I don't have a stutter, but I I developed one that day with Blake because I was I legit thought I was losing my job, you and <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. He was like, yeah, don't ever do that again. And I was like, I, he said he said it felt great. He he said he didn't feel anything. So uh, th- these are good. These are good shoulder pads, man. And he just like shook his head and walked away. And you know. Jordan played that game, and I'm pretty sure he scored at some point. I mean, we played Rutgers, and I think we we beat the the tar out of them. But no. yeah, it, or I, if if it was the Rutgers game, I can't remember exactly. But either way, it was it was a terrifying experience, and I legit was uh, ready to to poop myself. It was not good. Yeah, it's not often that uh, Pat is seriously out there. Um, my next story involves you. Um, one, I think it's both of one of our favorite stories. We did not rock, paper, scissors over who got to tell it. But uh, now we were at Georgia Southern, um, Pat's favorite place he's ever worked. And we were um, actually still roots for Georgia Southern. So we had a uh, (laughs) player that is um, in the NFL now. He's always, he was one of everybody's favorite. There was nobody on staff, nobody on the team. I think Um, some players may call in and say otherwise, but I don't know anyone that didn't like this kid. Uh, I, I can't find a bad word to say about him, seriously, with all my yeah. interactions I had with him. Yeah, and, and the cool thing was, while I was in the NFL, we actually played against his team and after the game. And I at this point, I hadn't worked with him in several years, but I went and found him after the game, and I was his position manager. So we had a little bit closer relationship than maybe some of the other managers. But to his credit, you know, he remembered me um, like you would expect. But we... Uh, no, we, we sat there and talked at midfield for a while. I mean, just still so down to earth after being in the league for a few years. Great guy. Can't find enough to say good about him. But anyway, we're in the locker room, I think, and we're, we're doing something. And uh, we're hanging out. We're listening to music. And you can probably guess the episodes that Patrick picks the music at the end because it's heavy on the banjo, harmonica, things like that. He's uh, That's happened like literally one time this he's, entire. He's big beard. He drinks moonshine. He's got... He's got a, he's, you know, App State Mountaineer. So he fits the, fits the part. He thinks he's Yosef. Don't anyone tell him that he's not. Um, so he, uh, he's playing some of his music on the loudspeaker in there. And 
you know, this kid walks in and he's got this weird look on his face and we're like, Hey man, you like bluegrass? And you can say it. I'll I'll bleep it out post. There we go. So he's known for his high pitched voice. So it's, I with a banjo is (laughs) the response (laughs) that we hear totally, just totally off guard, catches everybody off guard. The entire locker room of managers is just dying laughing. You, I mean, my wife remembers it. We all, we all had fun with that. So, uh, so the best part of the story is we kept that as a, as a, I don't know what you want to call it, just a little quip that we would throw out every now and then. Like, hey man, how you doing? I mess with a banjo, just whatever. For about the whole year, pretty much late in the year, we're joking about how funny it was. And it's me, you, and I think it was Clayton were the only ones in the elevator. And uh, this kid gets on the elevator, and we're like, we got to mess with him, right? We're like, hey man, you still like bluegrass? And he turns around, and I thought you would have you would have thought that someone shot his mom, the face that he had on. He's like, hell no. <laughs> yeah, he looked like, like what what the hell are you talking about? I have never once <laughs> liked that music in the history of my life. So but it would have been in this voice. What Wayne. are you talking about? I never liked that music in the history. <laughs> And this is a big, muscular kid. His voice He's is ripped. Yeah. Like, it but does not match his body. We're like, everything that we've been joking about this year, and his face is just like, who the hell have you been telling that I like bluegrass? He was offended. And uh, so it was, it was a funny experience. And now it's still, still one of our favorite quotes. And it was... It yeah, was, I mean, it's something like that, it stays with you. I mean, he... Any, at any given point in time, you walk in the locker room, and you're going to hear uh, rap, hip-hop, R&B, or... Uh, on the days when uh, most of the team isn't around, then you'll hear a little bit of country music whenever the 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 linemen get to to take over. But otherwise, I mean, that's that's all you hear. I mean, you're not hearing bluegrass. No. I mean, you no. you don't hear it. So well, it's what it's it kind of reflects the pop charts. To be honest with you, take out like the Taylor Swifts and the Ariana Grandes, the rest of the pop charts is mostly like EDM rap music, things with a a heavy bass beat, and that's what guys like to listen to in the locker room. Um, yeah. and then you walk in and we've got like wagon wheel or something playing <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he just vibed to it that one day. And it, he let you know later on, it was just for one day. <laughs> I, most likely he was joking with us and, uh, we, we ran with it for an entire year, probably. Well, not even just one year. I mean, that was kind of something obviously we're what, eight years <laughs> later and still eight years later and we're still talking about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's. That was a funny moment. I love that moment. He was, and just in general, like anytime he would come to the equipment room, and that at at Southern, it wasn't necessarily an equipment room where the players could uh, come and hang out all the time. No, uh, it was a little time, bit smaller, but it was pretty small at the time for sure. Yeah, uh, but we still had great interactions, and you know, anytime, anytime you got to deal with him, and you know, out at at uh, practice, pre-practice stuff, um, like he was just a great kid, man. Like I love working with him and I'm happy that his career is, is gone well. And hopefully he, he bounces back um, and finally gets a chance to play some. This love year. you, Ted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, that was, that was one of the good ones. Those are, those are my two that I, I single out as like, be, these will be appropriate to talk about. Uh, at least Can I tell a bad story? Yeah, I think I think it'd be good to talk about a bad story because those were, like I was saying, those were the good, moderately appropriate ones. We've got a bunch of bad. Um, Patrick's is probably the one that's the most appropriate to share, so we'll we'll go into that one. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's um, I mean, let's we'll, we'll I'll tell this story and then we'll we'll head to a break. Um, and then when we come back, we'll we'll get back to kind of the the brighter side of of those interactions that we have and some of the 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 things that we enjoy about it and you know like the mentor mentorship and the um, you know, just being there for the student athlete that. I think most equipment managers love to do. Um, but this one, yeah, this one got to me and it, it's something that stuck with me for a while, obviously, cause I'm, I'm still talking about it now. Uh, but there was one day I was working late. I was in the office and the way we had our laundry drop set up, there was a like metal door that you could open and like drop your laundry in and it dropped to a, uh, one of the laundry carts and then we could roll it into the, to the laundry room. Um, kind but like it was just, what's that? Kind of like a, the big blue mailboxes that are getting picked up all around the country right now. Like how the, you open it up and drop an envelope, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah. but it was, it was big enough where you could fit, you know, a full yeah. laundry loop or multiple laundry loops or whatever you wanted through there. And also, a, a, a you know, skinny DB maybe, <laughs> um, because like I said, I was working late. It was probably eight o'clock, almost nine o'clock. Um, and I was, I, I mean, I don't exactly remember what I was doing, but I was there probably working on inventory because we were in the middle of an audit and, and taking care of some stuff because, well, I, I didn't have a life at that point. And my mm. now wife was living in Virginia and I was not living in Virginia. So uh, I'm sitting there, a player jumps through this this laundry drop, makes his way into the equipment room. I'm, again, sitting in my office, hear it, look up from my desk, see this guy walking by and I'm just thinking to myself, what the hell is going on right now? Cause I know both doors were closed and locked and I watch him walk right into our shoe room and just start looking around, looking for, for a pair of cleats or trainers or something. And after a second I have of watching this, I finally decided to get up, walk over to him and, and politely ask him, um, Hey, excuse hey, me, sir. Yeah. What, uh, what are you doing in here? Um, <laughs> and again, those, uh, weren't exactly the words that I used. It might've been, um, there might've been some other choice words in there. And, oh, oh, I was just, I, I just came in to look around. Uh, I'm sure you did. You can we'll go ahead and, pick. yeah, you can go <laughs> ahead and politely leave. And, uh, if you don't, then we're going to have a real problem. So, Eventually, you know, I've after getting caught and finding out that he was in trouble. Oh yeah, I, I really wasn't. I really wasn't doing anything, man. I just, just came in to look around. What? Yeah, okay. Get out and end up, you know, having a conversation with his position coach and other stuff. And he didn't get in trouble for any of it. But yeah. um, I mean, again, that's uh, I, I, we we said we wanted to talk about some of our favorite interactions. It was. Not one of my favorite interactions. It was probably yeah. one of the worst interactions I had with with a, a student athlete, mostly because I, I caught a I caught a kid trying to steal. And yep. you know, I don't know what the situation was. I don't know why he was in there, other than he walked right into the shoe room. Like he knew exactly where he was going to. Let's put it that right. way. It, it, it probably wasn't his first trip into that equipment room. So uh, luckily, yeah. I was there to to stop whatever it was that was going down. But um, yeah, I mean that's that. Like I said, that's something that I'll I'll never forget because I was just lucky enough to be there and and politely tell him to exit my lock my equipment room. Well, 
My only question, did you let him use the door or did he have to go out the way he came? Uh, I let him use the door. And That's then, unfortunate. And then, because then I immediately packed my stuff up and set the alarm and, and left because I was like, well, if you guys want to jump, because we set an alarm every night. That's the thing. Like, yeah, there, there's an, there is an alarm. And, you know, if, if something were to happen, we would know about it. So mm-hmm. if, because sometimes we would leave and the student managers would, would, be left finishing up some laundry and maybe you know there were times where they didn't set the alarm and then some players came through i don't know but either way uh i was i was not a happy human being we'll just put it that way yeah those are the unfortunate ones like you said you don't know what they're going through yeah we get it like some of these athletes don't come from uh great economic backgrounds you know we don't know little brother back home might really need a pair of shoes for school you you just don't know there's always things that happen the bottom line is it's not accepted it from there um yeah i mean and the thing is too i mean with where we were in the situation we had like if he were to come to me and even say something like that like my little brother needs shoes there would be a way that we would try and work something out with him to help him out but yeah i mean to, every to every got every equipment room's got 10 year old shoes that you just you know hey i left my shoes at home can i borrow a pair of shoes for a lift or something like these things exist so yeah you're right and the the point to be made is is you come down on him right there and not that this is anything near the towel in it with the kid uh at the beginning of the podcast but it's the same thing where it's like this is why we try to correct things as we see it because some of these kids need it you know some yeah. of these kids need to learn right from wrong they know it on a general basis but it's like you tell a kid dude you can't do that do you understand like i'm doing inventory on an audit like right now we're having to turn in all of our inventory. Like we are under a microscope right now. You want to keep getting gear. You want to keep all of us employed. Like we're trying yeah. to justify our budgets right now. You've got to justify our budget and justify my job. And you're sitting here coming in trying to steal stuff. Like uh, not the yeah. time, but not the time. Exactly. And then, and then you hope that if you explain things like that, they learn something about, you know, the business in which you, they work. Uh, but not just that, they get a greater understanding of what makes everything run and they're more rounded, you know, well-rounded human being because of it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It was obviously I was very frustrated and and annoyed, uh, with him, but after having kicked him out, I talked to him the next day and it actually, I mean, there was a teaching moment there and I was like, listen, you, I can't have you do that, man. Like, yeah, I don't know what was going on, but. If I ever catch you in here again, there's a good chance you're going to get kicked off this team. And if you're okay with that and not getting your shot because, you know, everybody on this team thinks they're going to the league, then then by all means, take your shot. But yeah, we can't have that. So, but hey, let's let's take it to a quick break. Um, and when we come back, it'll be a little bit more upbeat. Uh, we're going to talk about some of, you know, the the mentoring side of the of the job and just some of our our favorite interactions with you know they're quite possibly not football players just people coming into to the equipment room and spending time with us or even uh, coming into to work for us doing a, some type of internship or getting some practicum hours but we will be right back ow, all right ow, God ow. bless America <laughs> All right. Well, all right. Well, welcome back, Scott. Welcome back. Thanks. We are going to talk a little bit about some of the fun moments we've had in terms of 
mentoring and having other student athletes in, in the equipment room possibly working or just coming in to, to talk and hang out with us. So, Scott, I'm going to let you open this one up. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, LeBron always says he's more than an athlete, right? Well, it goes, it goes further into that for me. I mean, it's not just about uh, what LeBron uses that platform for, but to me it's constantly remembering they are more than an athlete. These guys exist outside of the lines of a football field or, or a basketball court, and, and these girls are, are more than just track runners. It's caring about them as an individual, caring about what they're going through. Um, it's not our job to be their counselor. It's not our job to, to be their tutor. But if a kid comes in and sits down on your couch in the equipment room and has an issue, I think it's, it is our job as in taking care of the student athletes' well-being and their safety and everything else. With equipment, I don't think it's, it's, it's another duty is assigned for me to, to hear them out. I may not be a trained professional. I know where there's those resources on campus. I always make sure that I'm very well aware of, you know, what the protocol is for referring someone to the counseling center or I know who someone's coach is. So if someone's having an issue, you know, I know who to call um, if I'm not capable of handling it. But all that being said, I've had some great interactions because I've had that kind of relationship with the athletes and I've made sure that they know that I care about them in, in more ways than just, you know, can they help us win ball games or track meets? Um, and because of that, I've had some really good interactions. I had, you know, a few track girls and, and guys at Montana State would always come in um, other sports too, but specifically the track program. My boss there is a former track athlete at Montana State, so he had a lot to talk to them about. So they really connected with him, and you know, in turn, connected with me. So we were always having fun with them in there to the point where we had one of our sprinters needed. It was like I think public health. She needed an internship, and we were able to put her to work doing some sanitization practices. She could really get a lot of work now in that field. Uh, but just doing different things around the equipment room. She got interested in equipment, wanted to learn more about it. And she ended up, you know, organizing a bunch of our uh, sports equipment rooms and things like that. But it was, it was a lot of fun and she volunteered to us. You know, we weren't looking for interns. She came and basically begged us to let our intern in there. And that was something where I was like, obviously we're doing something right. If athletes want to come in here and spend time doing what we do, cause it's not a, it's a very thankless job. So we're doing something right if they care enough about us and, and see this as a positive environment that they want to spend more time in than they have to, you know, yeah, so absolutely. to this day, she's, you know, one of my best, you know, workers, you taught interns, student managers, whatever. She's one of the best employees I've ever had under me. So she, she worked her tail off. So these, these student athletes, they're sometimes they can crawl through your, your laundry chute and, and frustrate you. And sometimes they can, um, do some pretty boneheaded things, but at the same time, these are some pretty incredible people that they'll surprise you if you let them. Yeah. I mean, I had a, a very similar situation when I was working in Cincinnati, we had uh, a student athlete, a, a women's lacrosse player who needed to get some practicum hours. And in part of one of our classes, I don't remember which at this point, but uh, you know, she asked if she could help us out in the equipment room and, we said, sure, absolutely. We're going through an audit, so we need help doing inventory and counting stuff and folding stuff. And, you know, we're going to, you'll get your hours. So we'll tell you that, you know, you have a <laughs> certain number of hours you got to hit. And trust me, you'll hit those. But the best part about it was she, at least from what she told us, uh, enjoyed her time working in there so much and just hanging around the equipment room and, and getting to know me and, and Blake and 
some of the other students that we had working in there, uh, she had finished her hours probably, I don't know, halfway through the semester, but ended up staying around pretty much for the entire semester until, you know, she couldn't anymore because of other obligations for practice or whatever it may be. But she probably did twice the amount of, of work that she needed to do because she genuinely enjoyed her time working with us and, and yeah. like you, I mean, it was again, similar to, to your situation. She was one of the best workers we had, you know, she'd come in, we'd have a list and a lot of it, she and I would work together on just because I can't be like, Hey, go do this. And then not like at least try and help her out a little bit. Cause we were asking a lot. Um, but yeah, can't, can't go play temple run, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not going to, I, I've never been that guy. I can't be that guy who just delegates work and, and sits in my computer. I just, I'm, I'm not that person. So, um, you know, got to know her. She's been quite successful outside of this. You know, she went on and got a great job working actually in professional sports now. So super excited for her. And, and she's done just amazing things for what she does. Um, but it was really cool having somebody come in and surprise you like that, that, you know, you're expecting them to come in and just want to work their hours and get out of there and, and try and um, do the, the least amount of work to, to get it all done. But she yeah. came in and, and busted her butt and worked very, very hard and helped us, helped us get through a, a pretty crazy time in our equipment room with, with that audit and getting everything right. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff, especially at a, at a bigger school, a lot of a lot of a lot of inventory to count through and she counted through it helped us fold stuff up Blake and I are particular about folding so you know she had to learn that as well which I'm sure she hated us for but at the same time you know got to get through it yeah but I guarantee you uh I'm not I don't want to make any guarantees but I will guarantee you she probably folded her own clothes that way at least for a time because that's one thing that I've learned. You go into an equipment room where someone's very particular about something and you have to do it a thousand times, it carries over. I still <laughs> fold my clothes that way. I still fold. Uh, I hang most of my clothes up, actually, that are that you would really need to fold, like T-shirts and stuff. I'm weird that way. But the uh, I still fold towels um, the way that they made us do it in Jacksonville because I did not understand it at first. But if anyone's ever worked an NFL internship or anything, you know you fold hundreds of thousands of towels in a season and uh yeah i still fold my towels that way i mean it's like you said it's something that you just it almost becomes second nature it's like muscle memory at that point yeah. um, it gets to be a problem when i fold something that's my wife's and it's not the way she does it i don't know why she doesn't do it the way i do it <laughs> it doesn't make sense melinda won't touch the towels because i'm so particular about folding <laughs> seriously she's just like you do it if you're going to complain about how i do it you do it and i'm like all right that's fine yeah, that's kind of the same with me, but she complains about how I do it, but I like the way I do it, so I don't, I don't touch it. If you're not going to let me do it the way I want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, well, I, it's kind of funny, but I do have, so bringing it all the way back to to my towel guy, um, <laughs> since we're talking on towels, I do have you know, a, a good story, because again, like I said, I love that kid to death, and he was just genuinely one of the nicest people i've ever met you know he he would always come in just to say hey to us <clears throat> he'd get back from class he'd pick his laundry up and when he picked his laundry up he'd poke his head in and just be like hey guys what's going on type thing you know what i mean like yeah. stuff you don't have to do and he just he always was just super nice and 
we had uh, a transitional period. Our our coaching staff left Richmond and ended up going up to Delaware, and we brought a, they brought a new coaching staff in, and he only wanted to play for that coach. You know what I mean? Like, so he was pretty, especially the the receivers coach who ended up bouncing around a little bit. I think he's at ECU now. Um, yep. I'm pretty sure he went up to JMU and was yep. with you guys for a little bit. Um, but you know, this this kid was just like, you know, I. I came here to play for him. I want to play for him. I don't know these guys and I know the offense they run. So like I'll probably never touch the ball again type thing. Like he likes running the ball. They want a running quarterback. I want to transfer. Yeah. And it was like immediate. Like we didn't even get into practices yet. We hadn't done anything football related because it was, it was off season. Mm -hmm. So he came to talk to us about it and basically was just like, what should I do? And I'm like, I appreciate you coming to ask us, you know, like it, the fact that you're coming and asking for advice from us. I know that there are other people you're talking to, but yeah, let me just, and I, and I told him and I just kind of laid it out for him. I was like, there is, you're free to make whatever decision you want to make. But I would, the only thing I'm going to tell you is don't make a judgment on a staff, on a coaching staff until you've had a chance to practice with them. Yeah. Get into the spring, see what it's like. If you enjoy the coach, if you enjoy your position coach, if you like them, if you get along with them, if you have a connection with them, it could end up being better for you. But don't just be like, I only want to play for this guy, so I'm going to transfer forever, you know, wherever he goes. I was like, you're risking having to sit out a year. You're going to maybe lose a year of eligibility. You don't know what the receiver core is like at this place. Like, There are a lot of things that are going to be different for you leaving this school. And you also have to take into consideration that you're going to be leaving here with a degree from Richmond whenever it is that you graduate and that's going to help you a lot in the future. So, yeah, well, and it's not just that, like, you don't know, you could, you could transfer up to, to Delaware or wherever in this case, and maybe you're forced to sit out of here. Maybe you're not, but there's the hassle of moving and figuring out new class schedules. And maybe some of your credits don't transfer over. You just never know. It's a headache. Right. And then first day of practice, you could tear your ACL and, and, and or worse and, and have your career ended. That could happen just the same at Richmond, but you didn't have to go through all that struggle of, of changing schools and everything else. And leaving so, all your I mean, friends, too. I mean, like that. Yeah. You've spent over two years here already, you know, developing a great group of friendships or, you know, a true bond. Like a, a, mm-hmm. a you're, you got like a family behind you with this team. And it's tough to just pick up and leave that. And I understand that those decisions are made all the time and some guys end up transferring and it's better for them for their career. And and that's why I told him, I was like, all I'm going to do is give you advice to not make an immediate decision. Give it time. See what you think before you decide to leave. Because if you decide to leave, then that's great. And if you want to make that decision for yourself, I fully support you, man, but don't do it until you know that you need to get out of there. Yeah. And it's good that he came to you guys, and that's that's where you got to be more than just the equipment guy, man. Sometimes, I mean, we're close to the locker room at most places, and you know, we do a lot for these guys. And if they ever come talk to you and spend that time, they'll learn pretty quick that we care about their well being and, and we're someone that they can trust. And it's a pretty much a moniker in every equipment room I've ever been in. But what's said in the equipment room stays in the equipment room. Um, that goes for coaches, players, pretty much everybody. As long as it's not something where you're in danger. Or you know we need to we need to get you help. It pretty much stays in there. You can come and vent about stuff, and and the equipment room and the equipment guys are, are pretty much a steel fortress at most places. So 
what's said and there's not going to leave. And, and that's a place that's, that's really needed. Everyone needs a place they can come in and be like, listen to what this idiot just said, like da, 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 da. And if it stays there, good. You got it off your chest and, and you go about your day, but that's a unique well, I mean, that, that equipment room. provide. Yeah. That, I mean, that it's like a therapy room. It's like a therapy couch. Cause every equipment room has a couch. We've talked about this before. And like you said, staff coaches, <laughs> uh, even administrators came down and just wanted to d- just talk a couple times just to, get something off their chest because like you said everybody knows that what is said in there stays in there and it's not like you know it, what is said to us is not going to be spread around that athletic no. department um so yeah i mean just in general players coming down wanting to you know after class they have time between class and when meetings start and instead of just hanging out in the locker room wanting to come sit on the couch and, and talk to us see how we're doing and that was always funny to me they come in hey pat like how's your day going man like what are you what have you been up to like i love that because yeah. like you said it showed that they genuinely cared i mean if they if they wanted a place to sit down and did not talk to us they were more than welcome to do that but the fact that they tried to engage and see like what we were doing and yeah. wanting to be around us I, I always loved that part of it we had a kid at jmu that literally you reminded me of it just then with every single day if he passed the equipment room it was a point through the window. Appreciate y'all. And you just keep walking no matter what. So you're hearing it two or three times a day and it never got old. It's one of those where he wasn't like a guy that asked for a lot. So it wasn't like, yeah, you better, (laughs) but it was like, turn in a loop. Appreciate y'all. It's like, it's it's someone acknowledging that, that we're providing a service and that we're here for you. And, and you know, it's, it's not enough to just be grateful that we have a job that we wouldn't have without student athletes existing, right? It's we're trying to go above and beyond for you. And someone just taking two seconds out of their day, just a point, appreciate y'all that goes a long way. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that that kid, I haven't locked him up in a while, but I'm sure he's, he's doing really well because it's, it's basic human decency. It's manners. That stuff carries over into every other facet of your life. Great kid. Yeah. And they, they they know and it's kind of funny they generally know how to brighten your day because yeah. every equipment manager has uh, of their week probably two great days out of seven that they're working especially during seasons so <laughs> you're 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 run down you're tired it, you you just got yelled at by a coach for something that doesn't make sense to you because they needed somebody to yell at and you're just like right, okay coach like we'll take care of it man and then you have a handful of players come in and they're like either appreciate you, man. Like, thanks for everything you're doing. Or they just wanted to come in and say, Hey, how's it going? How you doing? Yep. What's going, what's going on? Or they come in, Pat, I need, I need to talk to you about something. What? Well, I've been hanging out with this girl all the time and uh, I really like her, but I'm not ready for a girlfriend. And I was like, well, if you're hanging out with her all the time, she's you, have a, you have a girlfriend. <laughs> and that's a, a conversation, you know, that, that I had with somebody and it was like one of my offensive linemen who is, you know, like this, six eight three hundred and ten pound just behemoth of a man like towers over all of us coming in to give this kid or one of our running backs a hard time and he wants to do it in front of me because he knows that i'm gonna laugh and poke fun at the kid <laughs> too kind of you know what i mean like in yeah. a, not in like a mean way but like we're like no dude like this is your girlfriend and you need to just <laughs> embrace this because you obviously you wouldn't be talking about this if you didn't like her so just right just go with it, man. Well, you know, I, I, this is this was supposed to be my my summer of freedom, man. You know, I'm I'm supposed to be free, and I'm like, 
that, obviously that's not happening for you. So just uh, just embrace it. <laughs> like, well, you screwed up. You're already in a relationship. <laughs> like the the little like stupid conversations you have like that would always make me laugh whenever you know I'm I'm busy trying to put orders together or whatever it is. You know, to have somebody there as opposed to just listening to music or podcast the whole time. That's I loved those. Like I love those moments. I miss those moments so much. That was one of my favorite parts, and that was one of the hardest parts of leaving of leaving the industry is those interactions with with the student athlete. I loved it, and just being around those these young kids essentially. Hey man, I mean, you know, you can always work for me. I won't pay you, but we'll uh, we could always use help sanitizing and doing laundry these days. So I'm not moving to Florida. All right, fair enough. Just try, trying to get you, you know, back in the industry if you wanted it so much. But just I'm not, I'm not trying to get COVID. Uh, well, no comment. Uh, there we go. We almost made an entire episode with no COVID talk, and then uh, Pat just uh, dropped it there. If you guys are getting your COVID news from us, sorry we didn't give you the latest up to date. There wasn't a lot of news to drop just yet. It's still doom and gloom. So well, not only that, I just I couldn't do another episode of just talking COVID. I I physically no. couldn't do it. Like it was too depressing and. <laughs> I needed something to cheer me up and, and talking about student athletes and, and interactions that I had with, with, you know, these, these young men and women, I, yep. I, they were uh, the highlight of, of that job is Absolutely. one of the most enjoyable parts of, of the job. So I, I couldn't, uh, we couldn't not have this type of episode, especially yeah. now with everybody being sent to uh, take online classes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in true ODAA fashion, just so everyone knows, because I want you all to follow along with the craziness that has been uh, our text messages back and forth to each other. We are recording this on Thursday the 20th, I believe, today. Yep. yep. So this will drop on Monday. Look back and let me know when the crazy news that dropped on Friday dropped, because I, I promise you we record the next day something worth talking about on here will drop. So expect something in the the sports world to happen tomorrow it'll probably be covid related and you can laugh at our pain of every single we've moved these recordings around we try to do them late sunday and edit it last minute before putting it out and something then still happens monday morning so we can't win um but yeah no it's 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 kind of telling like anytime we record something now we just know that the next day something big's gonna break so we're just like hey might as well get it ready for our next episode and uh here we go so if, uh, if you're wondering why it's not on Monday's episode, why we didn't talk about whatever happens tomorrow on Friday, this is why. This is why. Because I've got to go to a wedding this weekend, and we had to get this this recording in. <laughs> yep. But anyway, thank you all for listening. Let us know uh, if you've got any great interactions with student-athletes that are worth sharing. And um, Please, seriously. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put this out on Twitter because I I, I want to hear from you guys. We need to hear more from you guys. I'm gonna put the question out there. Just what is your favorite interact? Like, tell us your best interaction with a student athlete in your career. We want to hear these stories. We can get you on the podcast and we'll talk about it. If you know if it's one of the better ones. If you don't want to come on, just reply to the tweet. Write out what it is. Send us an email and we'll read it out. Whatever it is, <laughs> we, we want to hear these because. Like I said, these these moments, these little moments in in time, are some of the best moments that that you have in this job. And for sure, we need a little bit of joy, happiness, laughter in in a world where we're getting ever so close to fall sports not happening. So please, yeah. 
please, for the love of God, respond and give us something to smile about. All right, y'all. For all you equipment managers and, and people working in college athletics, uh, still hammering away, trying to figure out what the heck's about to happen. We feel for you. And, uh, yeah, just keep chugging along. Show up as long as they let you. And until they lock the doors on you, keep showing up and just doing the job. So we will holler at y'all next week. And we're out. Bye.